0: Another fine week for DC Comics. This is the comics podcast from MailFuzz Network. We call this Concoction Comics from the Multiverse. I'm Peter, and joining me as always is Matt Scalthorpe.
1: Well, that was an unconventional intro.
0: I like to be unconventional. I like to change things up. And also returning this week
2: after a week of absence is the ginger menace Connor Ryan. I'm glad Matt was confused as well then, because I was thinking, wow, how much much did I miss?
0: Change everything. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was a different intro last week as well.
2: Well, I, I gathered now, because Matt was confused as well, but at first you were just like, oh, it's the comics podcast, you just like... I, was like, I, I almost said we the weirdest
1: thing did we start, like, you
0: know? Yeah, right? well, we we're started, we're, we're in the flow now, this is,
2: gotcha.
0: this is into the <laughs> show. Oh,
2: that's good stuff.
0: Yeah, so this is kind of a shambles, it's sometimes not a shambles, we talk about DC Comics every week, we started with Rebirth, and we've been going ever since, and... That's what's happening. Uh, So this week we've got a bunch of books to talk about, of course. That's the whole point of the show. It's the main thing we do. And this week's books, we have Batgirl and the Birds of Prey Rebirth, Issue 1. The Hellblazer Rebirth, Issue 1. That's the two new books we've got this week. Plus we also have Batman, Issue 3, Superman, Issue 3, Justice League, Issue 1, Green Arrow, Issue 3, Green Lanterns, Issue 3, and Aquaman, Issue 3. So... Uh, you can use the timestamps, which I always put in the description, if you need to skip certain books for fear of spoilers or if you just don't care, or just listen to or watch the whole thing because you like us. That's nice to appreciate that too. Uh, now, Comic Con's going on right now. Like, that's yeah. happening as we speak. In fact, the Warner Brothers movie like DC panel thingamajig is starting about now. So, by the time we finish recording, there should be new DC movie things announced or revealed or whatever. Uh, not that we'll be talking about that one here specifically, but there may be more DC Comics related stuff coming out of Comic-Con, so they may have more to talk about next week. The only thing I thought was worth talking about from the last day or two is that DC Comics get a new exclusive creator. They've actually signed another exclusive contract with someone. Um, and I say creator rather than writer or artist because this person does both. It's Joelle Jones. Who, mm-hmm. I don't know very well, but she did do issue three of Superman American Alien. Uh, they are, I assume, because Max Landis obviously wrote it. Yeah. Which one was issue three? That was one on the
2: boat. The, uh, oh, that was great. My
1: favourite one, issue. So. Was that your favourite issue of American Alien? Yeah, I liked because it dealt with them having a conversation. Barbara Minerva and Clark Kent. So, yeah.
0: Cool, cool. Uh, so no I think this is cool it shows that they are trying to nab more uh, people more people who can make their books good so um, they've not announced anything that she'll be on as of yet yeah. but you know, it'd be fun to speculate a little bit um, uh, they might add it to one of the rotating art teams they might do that she might end up being on one of the new books that's not been announced yet or something like I you don't know I actually—it's when I realized she did that boat issue of American Alien. My first thought was, "Hmm, she'd draw a good Shazam."
2: I can also see them just giving her uh, one of the uh, a new mini to do, just do it Possibly. by like as a writer artist thing, just yeah. just by her.
0: Yeah, I could do that, but given they're her there is an exclusive, I'd imagine they have reasonable plans for her over the oh, next yeah, few yeah. years. So, I'm sure they do. Uh, so that was one bit of uh, news that's at Comic-Con that I thought was worth uh, mentioning before we get going. There may be more that we can talk about next week. As I say, Comic-Con's like, right in the middle of everything right now. So, let's go on to some books. Yeah, We had two new books this week. First off is A Batgirl and the Birds of Prey Rebirth Issue 1. Uh, written by Julie and Shauna Benson. And art by Claire Rowe. And uh, I was looking forward to this. Um, I've missed having a Batgirl book to read. We're going to have two because uh, we've got the the other one next yep. week so this of course is Batgirl uh, reteaming with Black Canary and Huntress to hunt down someone who is posing or pretending to be Oracle uh, the crime network that she ends up dealing with is getting their information from Oracle and that's kind of set up for the story now I am going to start with a negative point about this book um, I do have issues with the art
2: I do as well
1: yeah, it was kind of spotty in most
0: places. Now, I think some panels look quite good, mm-hmm. but there's one consistent problem that I have throughout the issue, and that's the mouths of characters. I think their lips are really weird, and I think actually see on the page after the title page, and the, t- mm-hmm. the top panel, is a Batgirl sort of jumping down and kicking someone in the face. I don't know what expression her mouth is supposed to be
2: making there, but it looks really creepy. It does. I think they all do that. Even the, the panel below that, she looks like really pouty. Yeah. And also in that one, her whole body posture is just weird. Like her neck seems really low down and tucked in while she's got an out- outstretched arm. Like it's just, there's a lot of that throughout the issue, I think. It's
0: almost like, a, like they're going for like a sort of boxing pose there. Like when, like a sort of like low jab kind of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. but it just doesn't
0: work. I don't disagree. I mean, I think typically the caution looks good and I think when we're not seeing mouths too much, like I think the flashbacks look mostly good. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's it's telling that one of my favourite panels is her covering her mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, actually. Uh, That's a good panel. Uh, uh, so yeah, the, the, the book actually, it's a rebirth issue so they do the whole thing where they catch everyone up to speed and they give you kind of a brief history of Batgirl. Girl. I actually really like. That we get to see what our like original outfit was now, because obviously continuity is like chopped and changed so much. I like getting a little glimpse of her in her like old grey suit. You know, uh, mm. I think that's pretty cool. But it just gives you like a thing, and I, I like that it sets up uh, that our dads are hero as well as Batman. Like they're both influences. So that's a big point she makes, uh, and it's nice to have Batgirl Girl back like that. Uh, and I and it also it clearly explains killing joke happened, she was in a wheelchair she was Oracle, which is obvious given the premise of the book but uh, yeah. the New 52 book
2: was messing around with that a little bit for a little while. Yeah, towards the end they started like trying, debating whether or not it was retconning it. Yeah. So, it also explains how she ended up teaming up with Black Canary,
0: formed the Birds of Prey and all that and that's all cool because it sets up everything. Yeah. And It's nice that when this, this situation comes up she goes back to uh, Dinah to, like, help her solve it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that friendship's an important part. And I, that's actually, I actually ended up really liking this book because I think, as much as I have some grievances with the art, I think the, the character relationships and the dynamics are all really strong. And I, I think it's great to have Barbara back where I'm not cringing constantly. Because they set up in this that she's really good with technology, but they're not shoving... Uh, fake Facebook and fake Twitter and QR codes yeah, down as every not, two panels.
1: I'm trying to think of the word. It's not quite quirky, but like the last back the whole Burnside stuff was meant to be like, look well, how relevant we are with what's going on nowadays. And you know, like Pete just said, they try to force feed it. Like I remember you telling me that she defeated a villain with a QR code.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and I was just like, that's what made me not check out. The, the whole Burnside stuff. Because I don't want to use the hipster word, but that's kind of what it was, you know? It's what it felt like. And, yeah. And and same with Black Canary, which I was really on board for the art. And the whole she's in a band thing was just so weird. And I'm glad that they've put that behind here. Yeah.
0: I mean, they've still got it in their history, but yeah, she's moved on yeah. from it. Uh, I like that they go back to a uh, clock tower, which is cool. Yep. Uh, nice bit of uh, Birds of Prey you know imagery there that yep. we like seeing uh and obviously huntress who we set up as leaving from nightwing rebirth issue one yep. last week uh i actually
2: really like her introduction scene she's in a confessional i love the, that's, that, that's like some of the best art i think it's the colors as well really makes it pop
0: yeah it's, it's all the uh sort of the orange squares from
1: the grating on her but yeah she's got, she's got all the purple so uh, yeah it looks really nice yep. Um, and we have Helena Bertinelli back because this is when she was first introduced. You know the the Huntress, not as the Elseworlds you know daughter of Batman and Catwoman mm. version. This version, you know her her father was in involved with the mafia, and now she's gonna atone. The only way she knows how, and that's with crossbows.
0: Yeah, she, yeah, because that's the whole thing is you find out that the person she's yeah. talking to is a. Uh... Uh, someone who just came to target because they're doing whatever. I can't remember what she says yep. they did. But, uh, and then it, it nicely converges the two stories because they have Batgirl and Oracle... Batgirl and Oracle? Batgirl and Black Canary have tracked uh, this guy and that's the next person on her list. So the, the two stories nicely converge. And yep. I really like them fighting together and their, their banter. Like, you what? know, her saying, uh, you don't really need me, but then she saves us. Like, yeah, looks like I did there. You know, and things like that. There was, yeah. was some good fun playing between them in that sense. So I like that this, it still feels like it kind can of appeal to a young audience, but it's not, it's not alienating me.
1: Right. You know, well, a, and that's what, this is what a rebirth issue should be, where it addresses the past, but sets up stuff for the future. Like, I didn't feel like this was just an issue one. No, like some definitely
2: some of the others not.
1: have. So now, At the same time, though, it
0: still feels more relevant to the next issue than a lot of the Rebirth ones have. Because it feels yeah. like it, it. feels like
2: it's going to continue
0: right from yeah. where it left off, you, you
2: know? know? Yeah. See, the thing is, the art really took me out of this, the whole issue. It stopped me enjoying it quite a lot. Even though I agree with everything you're saying here about oh, the character relationships or the dynamics. And they are great, but I just in- didn't enjoy it that much because I was constantly just taken out of it. Like every every other page, it felt like. Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. It didn't. I mean, I, I, I had issues with the art, but it didn't. It didn't do
2: that to me. Like, I still really liked the book overall. But every, every action sequence, I was just like, "Ugh," was a chore to get through.
1: See, I read this at four thirty in the morning, so I was just trying to get through it <laughs> when, when I read it. So, you know, eating breakfast, reading comics. So the art, it, I did notice it in spots, but. It it wasn't a deal-breaker.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. It's not a deal-breaker for me either. I mean, I wish it was better, obviously, but...
1: Of course. I mean, the cover art looks fantastic. Like, but it's Yannick Paquette, so what else? Yeah, there there
2: are bits in there that look really great, but then there's other bits that just... I have to, like, make myself read the panel three times just to get through it.
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think for me, like, obviously I want good art, but I can get through bad art if the writing's really great. Yep. More than I can get, like, if the writing's bad and the art's good, I can read the book. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. like, I don't, I don't well, care. That's so why I dropped
1: Eternal. Oh. Yeah, because I couldn't take, there's a, funnily enough, that the Batgirl down in Argentina issue, mm. and just the art I thought was, was god-awful, and it stopped me from wanting to read Eternal, because I'm like, well, if there's going to be, Every other issue
0: looks like this, then it's not worth a weekly. Hmm. So I, in the yeah. end though, I I did quite like the book. I was actually I actually really enjoyed it. I just have those big issues with the art. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Fair enough. I liked it, but I didn't love it by any means. Alright. Well,
0: that's uh Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. Uh, that'll take us on to the Hellblazer Rebirth issue one, which is written by Simon Oliver and uh art by Monitat. So um well <laughs> I'll start by saying I don't really like Constantine as a character. <laughs> that's because uh, he will dick.
1: Nope, because I will second that. Oh, here and we go. Yes. And that's that's mainly because um I can take a dickishness with tongue in cheek. Like I love Booster Gold because he's pretty much unaware of himself. Constantine very much knows how much of a dick he is in. See, that's what I love. Life. Well, see, and that, that's fine. And, yeah. You know, for our, our friend Alan, that's his favourite character of all time. Which, knowing Alan personally, I always find weird that he loves this dickish character so much. But, but yeah, I just... I, I found myself finding it hard to care as this went on. Uh,
0: I, I, I echo that sentiment. I don't think there's anything wrong with this in terms of, like, yeah. objective, just looking at it as in terms of writing art. Yeah. There's nothing really wrong with it, but I I just yeah I didn't care like ever and I, there's oh. something about the character that I just don't like that much and I don't know what it is I really I, I don't know if it's because he's too much of a loner and or maybe as his attitude maybe it's but I don't know and I feel like they also they play up the whole English speaker a little bit too much for my liking. Like, I feel like they're really... Uh, oh, better. that didn't
1: bother me too much, because that, that just put some flair onto the characters, because they were in London, you know? Mm. But again, I don't live it like you guys do, so it's not, you know... The dialect didn't get to me. What, what did get me, though, is, is in character choices, him going back to London and basically sacrificing all the inhabitants of London... Eventually, yes. <laughs> Like, and I never at one point thought that he—that's not something he would not do. Like, if this gamble doesn't pay off, he's kind of like, ah, oh, well, there goes all the souls of London. You know, whatever. On to the next thing. But so... see,
2: that's this what I like with him because it feels like when you're reading this story that if it does go tits up, it could do, and he's like, it's w- w- he's willing to put the stakes like that almost, so it actually kind of makes it a bit more yeah, interesting but what, to what's read. This
1: con- yeah, but what's his contingency if it doesn't work out? Well, I like didn't that, was that was
2: cr- the point, and then he thinks of something, you know, then you gotta do something else. But. but that's the
1: whole thing. He puts, he, I find it hard to go with the stakes because, as much as I think that he doesn't care, I don't think the writer's ever gonna pull that trigger. Now, I don't know Constantine that well. Oh, this maybe is really maybe the first, not on the
2: entire city of London, sure.
1: You know yeah. what I mean? But, like, last, the most Constantine I've read was in Justice League Dark. And I thought Lemire wrote him well, but that's because he is playing off of everybody else. He is very reactionary towards the Tana and Deadman and, and yeah. all of them. Here, him having to drive the story, I just, again, I, I want to know what the, the Indian food had to do with everything. Like, when he tells his friend, when he gets there, he needs this this Indian food and chalk. Vindaloo, I believe was the... Yeah. Chicken it's Vindaloo. Because he... he
2: wants a curry. That's very British.
1: I get that, but I'm... Um, as a reader who's new to constantine going does indian food have magic in it why is he <laughs> yeah. it was like because like very clearly he's there to settle the score from earlier See, in the book i don't know if that's just because you're not
2: as familiar with constantine or just because that's, you're american yeah.
1: i feel like yeah.
2: i don't know pete as someone's british someone going i need a curry well, i want a curry that feel just
1: you know put it Change that up uh, for Burrito and I'm fine. Like, I get it.
0: Yeah,
2: it didn't bother, yeah. That, yeah, it didn't bother me.
0: I think, when I go back to speaking about too much English speak, I think it's the kind of thing where it's not necessarily inaccurate. Like, if you actually recorded this as a TV show or whatever, live action, it mm-hmm. wouldn't really bother me, the amount that's there. But when you're actually writing it out and you see it written down constantly, it feels more in your face. Because yeah. one, one of my big pet peeves, actually, on the internet, and people are just going to do this now to annoy me, is when people actually <laughs> write in slang. Like, I get why people say things the way they do. And, and that's including people from Scotland. You know, you'll, you'll say te instead of to. So, I went to the shop, you know, instead of I went to the shop. It's just slang, right? But see, people who actually write T T A E
2: T-A-E, me That's just not- adding your own personalized voice to to what you're saying it, I mean obviously not in like a formal thing but if you're saying it to friends it makes sense No it annoys me, it annoys me on Facebook, it annoys me on oh, Twitter I hate it. But here's the
1: thing, that means you're going out of your way to add an extra letter to a two letter word Exactly, that's what annoys uh, me you know in, what I mean? In, in that
2: situation, yeah.
1: yes So, but and I here get... again, I thought it added flair to the book that, you know mm. so, but you know but, again, this is, this is one it didn't resonate with me, like I thought I thought the ending was cool, with with the girl that does show up and the whole knowing the demon's name mm. gimmick that we get all the time. So, but yeah, just, just like again, not for me. Nothing bad, but this is not something. If we weren't doing the podcast, I would have picked up.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I'm not continuing this. I have no interest in reading any more of it. Uh, I will say this is a really weird place to see Shazam for the first time in Rebirth.
1: Yeah, and a Shazam that. Seems to have a grip on everything. Yeah, like he's kind of trying to tell Wonder Woman what to do, and it's like last I checked, bro, you're 13 years old. You don't tell the Amazon goddess what to do.
0: Mm. And then
1: Swampy shows up, which I thought was cool.
0: Uh, well, I know Swamp Thing is going to be one of the He's like main supporting characters in the yeah. first arc or whatever. So
1: I almost, I almost wish that this wasn't a rebirth book and this was in Gerard Way's Young Animal. That would be cool. Because I feel yeah. they could have gotten away with a lot more. I did like when there were swear words, they replaced them with skulls. Yeah. Yeah, that was all but right. I, but I still read them as swear words anyways. So it would have yeah, been just yeah. nice and if in that you could have just had it there, you know? That's true. I don't
2: know. I really liked it. I have a question for you, Pete. If uh, If you think, oh, you shouldn't write it as much as like that, like, you know, where it mm-hmm. sounds British... How do you differentiate dialects in written comics, then, other, other than doing that? Like, how do you say this is, like, England and make it abundantly clear that this is a different place to, say, New York? Other than just saying this is England, but not feeling any different.
1: Um... I think there's a difference between slang and dialect. Because like... when it's dialect and you're reading it, then... You get that thing. It's like when they used to... When when Morrison was writing um, Flash and he was using their Mirror Master, whatever the Scottish guy's name was. I can't remember was, off the top of my head. Uh, McCulloch, I believe. Yeah, so he would speak with a Scottish dialect.
0: Yeah. And oh, he, to be fair, one am I complete... Not so much uh, Morrison's, but when I read Johnsy's Flash and I read yeah. his dialogue, it's it sounded more Irish to me. Yeah, right. But, I mean... Well, it's because you
1: have someone that's not... Skilled in it like Morrison is. You know, Morrison was yeah. raised around different dialects, whereas John's was raised in Michigan, where you get one if you're lucky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, because. But to go back to Connor's question, I, I, I don't
0: know. I, I think it's fine to use, like, obviously, if you use different words for things. Like, you know, if it's in the UK, you say shop instead of store, you say uh, car park instead of parking lot. Things like, like You can do that stuff because that's the words we actually use. But when you actually put in weird spellings of things to make them sly or make them sound like people like say it, it just kind of annoys me. Um, mm-hmm. Do it in the art. Show me a different colour. Because you know, if you're in Los Angeles versus uh, you know, London, London's a lot greyer. Make everything greys and things like sure, that.
2: But I feel like this is a weird complaint because I see it in comics set in America all the time like where they, they put like y'all.
0: Well, oh, yeah, but again, that's just like a little bit. My problem here isn't that they did it at all. My problem is that it just felt constant. I felt like almost every line of dialogue almost, it felt like it had
2: a Britishism in it. Hmm. And it just it annoys me. Can't say I really noticed it that badly. I mean, there's a few instances where I point out, but not that much. Like I say, I, mostly
0: I'm just nitpicking because I wasn't enjoying the book, <laughs> let's be
2: honest. I, I, I can acknowledge my biases here. Yeah, uh, uh, see... You've got a whiskey-drinking magic guy who's, you know, playing a bit loose. And demons. I'm in, really. I don't know. You know I'm not a magic guy in general.
1: Which is weird to me, because you love Buffy.
0: I do love like... Buffy. But the- <laughs> See, this is the thing. This is how- Magic's not the focus of that show, though. That's true. Because yeah. you- you've got... The, the, the core focus of that show is you've got a family group of characters, which is something I love. I love an ensemble like that, right? Versus Constantine, mm-hmm. which is a single character. But you also have a specific focus where the main villain tends to be vampires, right? And then right. they built the mythology around that. So you've got demons and you've got... And because of all that exists, you do have magic, but magic is not as prominent, whereas with something like Constantine, and from what I've seen of the show, it just feels all like magic. Deus Ex Machina stuff popping up everywhere because they can just pull like, anything out of their hat. You
1: know, sure. it's and usually I feel the same way, but like I'm reading at Marvel, Doc Strange or Doctor Strange, and that's mainly just because of Aaron. Uh, but he's not doing the Deus Ex, you know. But stuff. again, I, not yet.
0: I read one of sure that and tated it. So. And,
1: and, right, and you didn't like it, so which which I get, but but yeah, because I I like more fantastical element stuff. Like I love Demon Knights when it was out.
2: Yeah, I think and,
1: you know, I, uh, but it just has to be a certain brand to it and I mean again Constantine's not a character that I enjoy also
0: magic tends to work better for me when it is more and I know Constantine is to a point but like when it tends to veer Mm -hmm. towards horror where more of it's a mystery I tend to enjoy it more like like a ghost in a house where you only you know get glimpses of it or hear a little bit of it and it's not like super the ins and outs of how it works tends to be more enjoyable like it's what you don't see that's more effective sure Whereas this, you've got this guy who apparently just knows so much about it that he's dealing with all these things, with all these little tricks that he's pulling out of his ass that I've never heard of, you know? Like,
1: well, at the end of the day, he is a con man. So, yeah. like, that's... That, that was driven home multiple times about this issue.
0: Yeah. I, do you know what I think it is? I think I don't like that style as well. Maybe that's why I don't like Constantine that much, is I don't like the whole, uh, like, the con man, like, tricking the audience thing. Because yeah. they, they do it a lot, where they'll... Mm-hmm. Like I saw that movie with Will Smith and Margot Robbie last year. I can't remember what it's called now. Focus. There you go, that one. Um, and you kind of feel like as they're doing scenes, the whole point of the scene is to trick the audience. So there's a little twist yeah. at the end where they reveal the real plan. And I yeah. and sometimes that can work, but I feel like when you do it constantly with a character
2: like this, I think that's just another reason why I don't like him that much. Yeah. Sure. I will say I felt the ending itself was a bit weird where he talks to the audience. That was, was a bit. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. It felt out Although- of place for the rest of the issue.
1: Also, not to get political, but there's a dig at Donald Trump in the opening pages about why he's leaving New York.
0: Yeah, well, I, I can get behind that. I'll yeah. give, I'll give them that. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> a, a
1: sausage-fingered uh, real estate tycoon and former bad meat salesman. And yeah. I just, I, I thought, I went, oh, okay. Well, this is what type of writing we're in for.
0: Uh, it, I mean, if you like this book, then by all means, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not dissing it to the like where you should. I don't oh. think you should be reading it. But um, as far as this podcast goes, the only way you're going to hear about it from is Connor.
1: (laughs) And and again, that's why it's weird is like, Rebirth's just been focused on superheroes. Cosine's not a superhero, so it's weird for him to be included in all of that.
0: Yeah. I I do still think he should just be
2: in Vertigo or a separate line. Like, he shouldn't be in DCU. I I, I still agree with that, I think. But if, obviously, Swamp Thing is now a kind of big part of the DCU lately... And they play off together. I really like seeing him with Zatanna. Well, that's another thing. I don't really think Swamp Thing should be part of the DCU either. Maybe not, but I think he's worked pretty well in it for the last few years. So. But he's always
1: off... He's always been off by himself. Like, in the last run that Sol did, Superman showed up at the beginning, but from there on out, it's not like... You're thinking uh, of you just... Snyder. No, no, no. no Superman Sol- showed, up yeah, he showed, up Sol- he showed up in Sol's first run. He,
0: ish- a- oh, he showed up in the first issue of Snyder's Swamp Thing. Well, he did no, both he did. then. Because yeah, sure. He was in
2: Soul's thing as well, I'm sure.
1: Because, yeah, because it, Soul showed the, like, uh, there was this whole thing where Swamp Thing didn't think of himself as a hero, like he, like Superman is. Um, and, but when there's something Superman can't handle, he has to call him, like, Swamp Thing. So there was, like, this yin-yang thing of him that I really liked. But from there on out, he never really, in, like, got involved with any of the other heroes. It was all just his own thing, which, which again, could have just been Vertigo.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, they Those Hellblazers. Kind of liked it. <laughs> it's yeah. a good issue. What? I, I don't understand your your problem. Yeah.
1: It's just a, yeah, not a, not my thing. If you want to read it, go ahead. You know what I mean? Not not just you, Connor. Because I, I know you're gonna do whatever. Yeah.
0: But I I, <laughs> I tried. Like I really did. Like I never really read. I'd read Justice like League Dark with when Liam was if, doing that. But I would never really tried to read Constantine before. And I tried with this issue. I really did. And I just didn't care the entire time.
1: In, in a little preview, if you guys think we're being a little bit too negative right now, um it's just wait till next week. Yeah, from uh, "He Who Must Not Be Named," from uh-huh. you know that we all have to read, and yeah, so I, hopefully we're all on the same page there. And there's not one of us that has to be. Uh, I kind of liked it, so
0: after after us, it'll be Connor. Let's be honest.
1: Oh come on, <laughs> I'm not that bad. We, 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 <laughs> we set this. that up last week. Um, uh-huh. Go Back and listen if you haven't. That's I still right. need to next listen book.
2: to it and see what that was about. That's right, ah, yeah,
0: yeah. The, yeah, Connor's opinions at the end of each book last week for, went into one or two categories. Either he's been a negative little bitch about something that we were quite positive on, or he just reiterated the exact
2: same things we just said well, and it was pointless. That wasn't so, my fault. I didn't know what you guys were going to say. You went to Star Wars Celebration, it was your fault. That was booked like a year before they even announced Rebirth.
1: <laughs> True. Because as soon as it was announced, it was in London. Connor goes, oh, I'll see you guys there or not. I don't care. I'm going. I
2: literally had <laughs> tickets booked the day they went on sale. So, yeah. fuck you guys. Well, mainly people, because hey, Matt, Matt was in was full support of Star Wars.
1: Yes, so was. <laughs> Anyways, right. next book.
0: Yeah, that's that's Hellblazer. Uh, Connor will give us thoughts on it uh, every time it comes out then.
2: Is that single or double shipping? Because I actually don't uh, oh. know. Um... Most
1: of the Rebirth books
0: are double, but who knows? I, this I, can, I can tell you. If you stall for about five seconds. I'm,
2: can... I'm inclined to think it's double because it has a rebirth issue. Yeah. But, but maybe not. I don't know. I didn't think to check ahead.
0: It appears to be single. Oh, yeah, single.
2: Okay. Well, that's disappointing.
0: Uh, for you, probably. probably, But not, <laughs> not so much for me. I don't care. <laughs> uh, you will care when Batgirl's only single shipping. Oh, uh, no, I don't care about that. But at least there's two Batgirl books, so I can
2: Yeah,
1: fuck you. I can I can live with that. <laughs> <laughs> so Your speed force is more like the ginger zoom force today. I know, he's 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 no a bit, nice
0: little little salty ginger, isn't he? Uh. Actually was it Matt I was talking to you last week who never heard of the phrase salty before? No, definitely not me. out uh, who was it? that was tim it was tim i was recording screams with tim and he never heard like of being salty before and he was like is this a weird british
1: thing i'm like no it's not a british thing (laughs) oh tim (laughs) uh i said a thing to tim this is a bit of a sidetrack but uh domino's here you can add a special message like if there's any extra directions you know like your gate code or which apartment you know to Mm -hmm. knock on And all that was listed on this pizza from Domino's was please present pizza sexually. (laughs) (laughs) That had Timmy written all over it. Uh,
0: Present pizza sexually with a hint of goat. That's that's Tim's... uh... Alright, let's go on to some actual more books. Uh, Tangent too much here. Uh, Batman Issue 3 by Tom King and art by David Finch. Uh, Mm -hmm. Back to the World of Double Shipping and... This was maybe the best issue of this so far. Definitely by
1: art, I will say. This is the best Finch's art look. Finch, Finch. I get them all confused. The forever evil guy. That's who did yeah. this. Um,
2: Finch. considering sure. that this book in general has been his best work, that's that's really cool. saying something.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree with that. The art is the best. But I, the, for me, the reason why this is the best is they took Gotham and Gotham Girl. And two Mm -hmm. characters who were essentially just plot devices, right? It's ah, they've got these blue and yellow costumes, they're here, they're this thing for Batman to either overcome or figure out or whatever. And they made me care about them in one issue. Yeah. I like these characters now.
1: Well, and I like that they didn't draw it out. Like, who is Gotham and Gotham Girl? Mm. They straight up told you here with the flashback, and it was nice. And then... With the way that it ends, you know there's definitely more to their story, because they leave, they, they leave Gotham and come back with powers.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's still a bit of mystery, because we don't know how they have powers yeah. yet, but I actually really like that they're inspired by Batman, in, in the sense that, not, not in the same way that like Batgirl was, or whatever, but in or the sense that, Robin. when they were kids, he saved them. In a very yeah. similar situation, because actually when this year started, and I guess they were going to swerve oh. it, and it wasn't going to be that, but for a, for a couple of panels, like, wait a minute, are they telling us how it's, his parents got shot again?
1: It's, <laughs> it's maybe, it maybe
2: the... until you see the other necklace, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is,
1: because when I looked for pearls, because you can see the necklace on the mom it's there, but you can't tell what it is. So when I turned the page and saw that it wasn't pearls, I went, oh, thank God, because I don't need yeah. to see this again. Yeah, uh, and sure. that's a completely different ending. And I, I did have a little bit of problem with the dialogue because at first I thought it was coming from Bruce because uh, he's usually the narrator of these mm. things. And I was just like, it's very unbecoming of Bruce or Batman to say piss. Oh, like, but That's a an old lot. point
0: though because it's not him.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And then when I got to the other, I was like, oh, okay, this makes a lot more sense. So there, was, was, a lot of, yeah. Yeah. there was a lot of... Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that... Uh, swerving, going along, because and also if you guys live in Gotham, just stay away from alleys. Like it's not that hard. No one lives off of an alley in Gotham.
2: It's it's like, all these lazy people okay. taking a shortcut and yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, admittedly, they might feel safer because this is now a
0: world with Batman in it, and maybe crimes went down a bit. It Doesn't feel as dangerous.
1: Still, it's Gotham. Like.
2: So I'll be honest at first I didn't realize it was a flashback even when we saw Batman I thought it was still present day I thought there was a bit of a coloring mistake I was like where's the yellow around the bat and the purple on the mm. cape I was like that's weird and then it got a couple of pages later and it says now I was like ah oh, okay See I actually lately they didn't
0: tell us this flashback what am what am I it's not quite a pet peeve I actually said this about a TV show last week on almost canceled that I like mm. it when they let give us a flashback, but don't tell us it's a flashback, and let us figure it as we go uh, by the storytelling. And I like that they did that here. It wasn't a uh, Gotham twelve years ago or whatever. You know, it would right. be. It was. We let
1: you uncover it.
2: Yeah, I like that. I really like how it. Like, lets figure if, out. if you're even if before you get to the the now, if you're not as stupid as me and just think there's been a mistake, the coloring <laughs> tells
1: you <laughs> straight up. Connor, yeah. we've been conditioned the last four years to think that it might be a mistake.
2: So, in
1: all fairness. <laughs> You know, but now we have to, to uncondition ourselves.
2: Hell,
0: I'm conditioned to think that Connor's a mistake, so... Well,
1: that's because you have a bias against
0: gingers, so... Nah, see, I've known Connor long enough now. This is not about bias against ginger people. This is
2: just Connor.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that
2: <laughs> but, specific one is, but you, you still have this bias against gingers on top of that. Not really, I just like making jokes.
1: So, does this feel like an arc from, like, a lost episode of Batman the Animated Series? Do you guys cuz it kind of does to me like it's not taking itself too seriously like Snyder's batman had done you know there's a little bit more levity in these things and like matches malone showed up yeah when was what? the last time we've seen matches
0: malone yeah bruce uh, in disguise as matches malone When no, was the last when time
1: When was the last time we saw bruce even disguise himself it's been a while uh i want to say it was at the beginning of zero year uh, in, yeah, uh, yeah
2: it happened a handful of times in Snyder's run but not often yeah no
1: and, and so when I saw the match in the guy's mouth I go oh this might be and then turn the page and you see the the Tony Stark style mustache yeah on him and I was like oh my god this is the type of Batman that I love to read so but no I it guess- just it feels like this could have been like a two to three episode arc later on during Batman the animated series you know, not not during the golden era where we have like, Heart of Ice and On Leather Wings. Hmm. But...
2: No, I get what you mean. Especially with Alfred being so quippy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like quippy Alfred. You know, I,
0: I really like this issue because obviously, obviously from there it goes to the, the bridge and Gotham and Gotham Girl go out to deal with it. Batman has his cool, like, car that splits in half. Revealing it is cool as fuck, isn't it? The Batpod. Uh, yeah. Which I don't know if you c still call it a bat pod, but Dark Knight has conditioned me to call it a bat pod now. Bat Pod. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You don't really see the bat cycle anymore. So yeah, yeah it is a bat pod.
0: Yeah, it's got a really th- thick wheel actually, yeah. It's a it's a bat pod. Yeah. Uh so they're, they're saving the bridge and I really like the moment after they've they've dealt with everything and Batman leaves. And mm-hmm. they have their nice little moment where she's like, Well, I'll let us him leave, that's progress, yeah. right?
1: Well, I also like that Batman trusted them. When when Alfred's like the bridge won't be around in four minutes, mm. and Batman's like no, nah, it'll be there, it'll be
0: there. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I like that he figured out who they are, and I like uh-huh. that he, in a weird way, kind of approves of them because they are kind of not not dissimilar to either them. Like they're kind of like a weird amalgamation of his backstory with like backstory of like maybe Batgirl and like some of the Robins. Mm-hmm. Like where they're inspired by him, they're in this crime. And like he almost trusts them because he understands their their
2: motivation. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He gets that. He he indirectly caused them, so it's they yeah. they are a yeah. product. They're his responsibility. Yeah, mm.
1: that makes sense. I didn't think about that like that. Whereas like Dick Grayson and stuff, he was very uh, proactive in creating him. These guys are kind of self-made, like he was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And obviously this is all leading, we get a little bit of Hugo Strange narrating and stuff as we get to the end and I do love that the the cause of the bridge is actually a suicide bombing of someone who also before they die yells out the monster men are coming.
2: I like that we're yes. still building to that. It's a really nice build. It, it really does feel like they're coming, doesn't it? Yeah, yep. yeah.
1: Well, and this is what comics are supposed to be. Whereas in other companies you have just them telling these short stories that wrap up in eight issues and you can just sell them as a trade later. Here they are seating the shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, when, when you have an issue, when you have a, a new title come out, and eight issues in, you're already bringing out volume two, there's only one reason you're doing that, you know? And it's all monetary, it's not creative. Like, mm. it doesn't do the creatives any good because it's the same people. Yeah, actually, so, it's,
0: it's weird that we're, it's a bit of a novelty now at uh, certain other companies to get to issue 15 of a series with,
1: without it relaunching. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, Jason Aaron's Thor has been my favorite book since he's been on it. But we're on the third series of of it. You know, we had God of mm-hmm. Thunder, then we have just Thor, and now we have the Mighty Thor, and we have the Unworthy Thor coming. And it's just like we we know what you're doing, guys. Like, yeah. I mean, I'll give them. The
0: I'll give them Unworthy so, Thor because that's like a separate book in addition to the
2: series. But you're yeah, right. And and yeah. you could also argue, Mighty uh, God of Thunder into Thor. Because it was a different yeah. character,
1: yeah. Different character, but then why the mighty Thor? He, that would have been like now them setting up Monster Men and then going, oh no, Batman and the Monster Man's its own book now, hmm. and we're gonna start it in issue one. So I and I come from I I came up reading comics under Johns who would do this in Flash, like you'd meet a character in the first uh, uh, story arc and they'd become either an ally or a villain in the fourth, you know, and so it's consistent storytelling. And that's what they're doing here. We have the guy that killed himself in Gordon's office in the last one, right? Crying or screaming about the Monster Man. Now you have the suicide bomber on the bridge. We have Hugo Strange, you know. Yep, huge. And it's Tom people. is... There you go. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Tom King's not writing Monster Man, right? That's another writer coming. No, in. So, so that's Orlando. Yeah, Orlando's doing it. So again, that's for everyone that was complaining about the editorial at DC, at least as far as Batman's concerned... They're all on the same page. Yeah, yeah.
2: they're clearly communicating very well. Yeah, yeah they're doing so,
1: a good no, job of that. It's it
0: great. Feels the same with Superman as well. It feels like those books yeah. are working well together, and we'll hopefully see that even more so once we've got Supergirl and Superwoman and all these other things like coming out. Oh. But so yeah, the book ends with uh, so Hugo Strange has lured Gotham and Gotham Girl to this building with. He's also got Psycho Pirate there with him.
1: Oh, Psycho Pirate showed up, and I geeked out.
0: Yeah, so that, that you
1: really only see Psycho Pirate at a crisis.
0: Yeah, that's uh, so that's how the book has a cliffhanger, and I'm really enjoying this arc. I'm really enjoying Batman, and if I yep. say is, is this is the lesser of the two Batman books, but it's still really good. So yep, you know whatever. And they're,
1: they're they each have their own flavor. Detective yeah. feels like its own thing. Batman feels like its own thing. It doesn't feel like one's feeding the other like it used to be.
0: Now... If you paid now, obviously we talked about the solicits last week because they leaked early. Now the, the officially came out this week. There was obviously the trades get added. We don't really talk about the trades, and they added the the collectibles and stuff that they add with the official yep. ones. But uh, if you read the solicits for the and we did talk about this last week, the solicit for issue the, the first one after Monster Men, I can't remember what number mm-hmm. it is. And you read who was involved. I am. I would think that a certain character is not going to make it past this arc, and I won't spoil it, just in case, but if you want to go read between the lines and read the solicit, um, and I'm happy that the one that won't make it is the one that might not make it, because I, just for reasons, and again, if I said what reasons were, you would get what I'm saying, but I don't want to spoil future issues from speculation, (laughs) so, uh, but no, Batman, issue 3, really good, best issue of the series so far, I think, for me. Definitely. Cool. Cool, alright, that'll uh, take us on to the other big guy at DC. Superman Issue 3, written by Peter J. Tomasi and art by Patrick Gleason, with a well, a bit of a mix between the two because they like to mix and match their creating uh, credits. Now... Yep. this is going to sound negative what I'm about to say, and it really isn't. But this is the weakest issue of this so far. Yeah, well it's
1: because it, it, he has to explain the Eradicator. Yeah, Because to new yeah. readers, like... To a reader that's been reading as long as I have and is so steeped in Superman mythos, The Eradicator still gets me as like, why are we still talking about The Eradicator? Hmm. You know? And so here I like the spin that they put on it because it is still very New 52. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I
0: think it's fair. I actually don't think there's anything wrong with this issue. It is just kind of a case of, okay, we need this chapter to explain the villain and set things mm-hmm. up for... For more. Yeah. And it's less of a personal story than the last two were. Um, that said, the action when he starts fighting Eradicators, cool. Uh,
1: oh my god, some of my favorite stuff. Pilot. Well, there's that, and there's a splash page when he goes and uh, Eradicators kind of threaten John, and you just get the shadowy version of Superman with the red eyes.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: you know he's going to fuck shit up. And that's, that's one of my favorite images of Superman. Anytime he's angry and his eyes are just going red. Cause he's usually so even keel and just like, well, we'll figure this out that you're, you've elicited that response. It's bad news. Yeah.
0: So, but, you know, Superman tried to like, sh- like struggle with like, he thinks he knows who eradicator is and he, yep. you know, he's, he's trying to like, as he's bad as the one that I knew and so on. And he's like, this is like a weird new version of him. So that stuff was interesting. Kind of like what the narration with doomsday has been like in action a little bit, almost. Oh, yeah. um, here it doesn't last as long of course because when it gets to the end he realises what it was yeah. uh, we also see Zod in a panel which is cool because he's like, right. Eradicator is explaining he's, who, who built him and what his protocols
1: are and. We... which which I do like because up till then up till now Eradicator has just been still a Kryptonian piece of science but it, it was you know along the same lines but it makes sense to tie it into Zod who is kind of just about Kryptonian purity
2: Yeah,
0: you know I actually quite like this design of Zod as well um, mm-hmm. cause I, feel, I don't
1: even
2: remember the last time I seen Zod, to be honest. Last but... time I remember Zod was in the Villains Month. Mm, I have read the Villains Yeah. Episodes, but yeah.
1: but he really, really like wasn't that. like... That's... They were using Zod kind of as a boogeyman for Supergirl and Doomsday. Like They used all of that type of stuff. But the last time he mm-hmm. was used regularly was World of New Krypton, which was probably six, seven years ago now. Yeah, as a while ago now. Um, so but Rucka, I, Rucka was still writing action comics. That's the last. It time. Mean,
2: it means we'll do a Zod story soon. Then, pretty basically. much, I, I'm sure we'll get one in the next few arcs of Superman or
0: Action, whatever Wonder oh. Well,
1: I'll be more open to Tomasi, but after Man of Steel, I don't want to see Zod for a very long while.
0: I I get that, but that's is you know that's a Zod with a goatee, like so it's fine. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> not just a chin beard like me. Like yeah. He's got a full goatee. He's he's of he, stamp
0: style. I actually kind of like how he's got kind of a Ra's al Ghul look to him. Uh, yeah. And he's got the cape with well, the, the emblem on the shoulder. He really like.
1: should be Superman Ra's al Ghul, right? Because he wants Superman to be more and to follow his lead. There's, yeah. I didn't really pick up on that until Pete just said that. Like, they have a lot in common. Yeah, no, I could see that. Yeah. No, yeah,
0: so it just explains uh, Eradicator's backstory. There's not even a whole lot to say. It's fine, like it's it's fine setup. It's fine backstory. Uh, you know, when Krypton was destroyed, they didn't really know what to do, so you know, it just defaulted to try to find like the ship that he's seen and you know all that. It's, it's all fine. Like it's, it's just not the last two issues had real good like big moments. You know, John opening this thing and using his heat vision, uh, the cat and the. Yeah. The neighbor, like all, all this personal stuff, all, all just was felt really special. But there's this more one
1: character pieces. Than yeah, a lot. Yeah, um,
0: and it's not it's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with it. that it, it has to have an issue like this so that we we can have. It's still well done for what it is. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you guys,
1: just assure me that crypto is okay. Well,
0: yeah, that's the probably the big moment hmm. we have to talk about is uh, for the second time now in this series, and it's th- in three issues we now have two pets that have presumably bit the dust. Uh, crypto, who's been in the fortress, apparently. It's
1: uh, not even the same crypto that we got set up with a big wolf dog. This is traditional crypto, which that's weird, but you know. Yeah, they're, they're all, they're
2: all just there hanging around the fortress. There's crypto, crypto 2, crypto 3. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Crypto's
0: crypto drawn very well, actually. I liked his expressions yeah. Uh, yeah. during all this. And John being pissed that Eradicators apparently just ate them whole. Uh, and him doing the whole angry heat vision thing at the end was pretty cool. It's where he but, grabs the yep.
2: cape. I that guess that's the best bit. Yeah, he gets.
0: Yep. Yeah, he grabs the cape. Oh, how badass is that? If that's going to be his cape, he's. he's I think, he's, it, I think is. it is. I think it is. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, that is actually well, really and that's badass. why I
1: want Crypto to be okay. But but see, knowing from the solicits, I know Crypto's on that yeah. somewhere. Yeah,
0: so. Crypto's on the cover of issue eight. I think it is. So yeah. I feel like Crypto will come out in the end okay but i well, like that I- you gotta
1: remember too that the eradicator is a gateway to the phantom zone
0: yeah right but so, i i do really like the idea that cryptos cape will be john's cape yeah, yeah it's really good. cool but that's
1: yeah. a really nice touch yeah all around good issue uh not as great as the other ones but still yeah no it's a
0: yeah. solid issue I'm, I'm just it's just kind of like right they can't all be the nines out of tens occasionally we have to dip to an eight to explain some plot <laughs> you know eight and, a half. and yeah. that's okay like, you know, we don't rate on this show, but that's kind of where my mind's at with it. Yeah. All right, uh, so that's Superman issue three. I'll take us on to Justice League issue one, uh, written by Brian Hitch, but this time the art is by Tony S. Daniel, and which is nice because they are, I mean, you know, a big improvement from the Rebirth issue. And I think in general, I think this is an improvement from the Rebirth issue, continuing that trend of issue ones improving upon Rebirth yes. issues. I liked how this felt really epic. I wasn't ex- actually expecting that. But it does. It feels like there's something going on over the entire planet, and all the heroes are trying to figure out what's going on. And we got some nice different points of view. It started with Wonder Woman's point of view, and mm-hmm. she had some good narration. Uh, it seemed to have the voice down. She had a lightning bolt power.
2: That How not... cool is that lightning bolt thing? Like seriously,
1: I love it. Yeah, it's I cool. love it.
2: It's when she lands and just everything just gets fucked up. It's yeah,
0: so I, cool. I like the design of her shield here as well. Uh, with the Gold eagle on the red background looks really yeah.
2: cool. Yeah, it does look nice. Yeah. Uh,
0: so now the art very good. Like Tony Daniel, a much better artist than as a writer.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Like no question, yeah. no question. So now really liked all that. Um, it, it cuts to Simon and uh, Jessica. They're in a different They're in Beijing actually. I'm just looking at it. yeah, Beijing. Yeah. And they're trying to use their powers to like stop everything from happening. You know, uh, keep all the buildings up while the earthquakes are going off and all that and they're like oh we need to try and find the other guys uh, Cyborg's calling some shots uh, and Cyborg's alright in this issue like you know one of the, the concerns you might have is that he's just going to be the telephone pole that he's been for whatever time
1: <laughs> yeah he's the but operator he actually, but, he, but he actually just he changes gets stuck, his
0: name. stuck in yeah he gets stuck in he does his yeah. whole football tackle with a, a subway train and, yeah. and I
1: like that because sometimes you forget that he was an athlete because they play up so
2: much the tech that you forget he has a human side sometimes.
1: And I I did like that. That was probably my favourite part of the issue, is when he says that, he goes, yeah, I was supposed to go to college on a football scholarship.
0: Yeah. no, I I agree with that. Uh, Cool double page spread of the Flash, like, running about saving people. Uh, Yeah. Daniel's art makes Flash look really cool, so that was nice. And if it sounds like I'm just racing through this, it's because it is just a lot of action happening. There's not a whole lot of... uh, now, one thing I will mention is we cut to Aquaman and what's going on in Atlantis while all this is going down. All these big earthquakes, uh, mm-hmm. Atlantis is basically totaled. Like Atlantis
1: is fucked. <laughs> oh, well, between between uh, Hitch and and Abnet, yeah, there's there's no hope for Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's
2: not looking it's not looking good for their future. It's is it?
1: not. I,
0: and I, this is why I'm interested in seeing where this will end up. like... I hope that when we get to the second arcs of all the other books that they reference this arc in justice league unless it's retconned in some way like with magic or whatever they do but just because they kind of have to mention that atlantis got told they kind of have to mention yeah. that all these things are happening all over the world at some point so and i'm fine with them yeah. obviously everything can't be happening at the exact same time so uh it's interesting
2: because i was thinking of the timeline because in this jessica still can't create constructs yeah i noticed that too. Yeah. Yep. So it's like, hmm, where, whereabouts is this? Because I assumed she was going to get that relatively soon.
0: Yeah, well, I assume that, you know, that'll come, maybe not in the first arc of Green Lanterns, maybe up in the second arc. Yeah. We'll build that yeah. for a while.
1: I, huh? And I'd rather see her do that in Green Lanterns than in Justice League. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? So, yeah, yeah that's cool. I mean, it, it makes a nice block, and it makes her stand out uh, from the other Green Lanterns. She's the one that can't do contracts because she does have agoraphobia. And so it, it's like her willpower is a constant struggle mm. with herself.
0: Also, so. it's nice that they kind of like focus away from Batman and Superman for most of the issue. Like, Batman eventually sort of mm-hmm. shows up, but it's quite far into the issue. And Superman's only seen from like a distance, like doing stuff. And they don't really know this Superman yet. And Batman's just like, yeah, let him do his thing. He's, he's helping, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah, he saved the president. Let him keep doing what he does. Yeah. Which is kind of
2: uh, one of my biggest problems that I, I really wanted in this book to see them interact with Superman. I'm well, sure we'll get it. It's just the... I know yeah. but I want it already.
1: But... I like that though because it puts Superman up kind of on a pedestal because they're not trusting him, but he hasn't given a reason them not to. Other than he's a new Superman. They watched the other one powderize, you know, or vaporize earlier. So you know, again he hasn't proven to be a threat, so I treat him like a threat. Just, you know, let him do his thing. Yeah, uh I agree. Um Not actually good.
0: Uh, Whatever this this thing is, it's shooting out things. It's taking control of people. Uh, It's a decent enough threat. You know they're called the Kindred, I believe, uh, is the name. And it basically just ends with Wonder Woman saying, "Look, we're coming for you. We're mobilizing because of the goddamn Justice League." (laughs) Uh, So if I have a complaint, really, it's just that the cliffhanger feels a little bit weird. Like it doesn't feel like that much of a cliffhanger. It's almost like they didn't really have a cliffhanger, so they, they just. Or write a better about that dialogue for Wonder Woman, and that can end. There. That's the thing.
2: I don't I think it doesn't play as a cliffhanger, though. I don't think it's intended to be. Well, you I know what just...
0: mean. I mean. I, I guess what I'm saying, not not cliffhanger. It doesn't feel like as much of a hook as an, an issue usually ends with. I know it's not always a cliffhanger. Sometimes it's a somber moment, or sometimes it's a. Yeah. But yeah, you know what I mean. So I'd love to oh, Ultron, Ultroning. Ultroning. <laughs> yeah, I love pages yelling. Ultroning. Uh oh.
2: Ultroning. Yeah, I do think it was weird how epic this was because i was expecting a much smaller scale story given the rebirth issue even though that was Mm. like a big massive monster destroying shit it felt small for justice league whereas this
0: feels like big it feels epic
2: yeah i wasn't expecting that at all but tony daniels can clearly handle handle making it feel that way
1: yeah much much better artist than writer yeah.
2: yeah.
0: And I, I enjoyed the rebirth issue for what it was. It wasn't great, but it was like a sort of fun romp. And this just kinda yeah. was that bit better. I mean it's yeah. still it's still not special, but I'm enjoying it. Like the characters' voices seem to be down and uh the action's pretty good. So
2: Yeah. I, yeah, it's 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 not like this is something that's gonna be remembered as a must read at this stage. But yeah. it's worth reading now. I would I would
0: there. be highly surprised if it ever like makes my like top book of the week, but it's always going to be enjoyable in the middle somewhere. And that's what a
1: Justice League book should be. It shouldn't, you know, it should be just kind of like a fun blockbuster versus, you know, all this major stuff happening that John's was doing. Like, and I hate to keep comparing it to New 52 stuff, but that's kind of what we have to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was the last iteration. John's,
0: like, sometimes it worked. Like, I really like Forever Evil. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it just felt a bit like, oh, you're forcing this a bit too much. Yeah, uh, like Dark Side th- War
2: I think the thing is full the new 52 Justice League was the flagship book whereas mm-hmm. now it's just not and that's okay
1: yeah yep. yeah now we have Superman and Batman and Detective Comics and Action Comics and if that's going to be the case then I'm cool yeah those are the, the books that kind of built DC right
0: yeah No, they are like uh, DC DC would be bankrupt and not existing if it wasn't for those four yeah <laughs> and you know over the you know decades so Hmm. Uh, no that's uh, just sleek I enjoyed it it was good
2: mm.
0: nope. so yeah uh, that'll take us on to Green Arrow issue 3 uh, written by Benjamin Percy art is now changed to Jean E. Ferreira if I'm saying that remotely right uh, probably not uh,
1: and nothing against this guy but he's no Otto Schmidt. see
0: I obviously they're very different right but yeah. I actually really like art in this book
1: like, see I, there's nothing wrong with it. I just, I like the Sean Murphy esque, liney, gritty, you know, that Schmidt brings to it. I feel See, it, it compels, or it, it, not compels, what the hell was that about? It, it lines up well with this version of Green Arrow.
0: See, I get you saying that, but
2: I might like this a bit more than Schmidt. Ah, oh, Pete. Ah, oh, no. See the thing is I think this is very good and if this had been all three issues, I'd say, yeah, this was really good. Yeah. But after Schmidt, it looks it feels like a bit of a step down. I'll feels like a step down to me.
1: I um, think it's a sidestep. I definitely think it's those familiar with sports, it's like a stutter step to where you're not losing any ground, but it's just not the same. You're not going forward.
0: Uh, you know? Yeah. I, I thought the art in this was great. Like I really liked it. I loved the sense of movement that was constantly there. Uh, love the colors as some of them. I mean, that's always been good anyway. Like, I'm not dissing the previous art. I, I mean, you heard me praise Schmidt yeah, like,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: repeatedly. Uh, I just think it's
1: a it's a personal taste thing. Also, the coloring here it's very manipul esque. Like, is it is it the same colorist? I don't think so. I mean, if it is, it makes the art look different. You know what I mean? Because this art's a lot cleaner, too. Is what I think is it is a. Not what messes with me, but yeah, nah, um,
0: I, I, no, nah, I love Dark. I actually think this is the best issue since the Rebirth issue. I like this more than the last two.
1: No, nah, I think it's about the same. I, I would say I like it more or less
0: because I, 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 think the opening of him like breaking into the 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 you know the the Queen Tower building. Yeah,
2: I did really like that like, like heist scene.
0: I love that. Everything <laughs> about that—the movement from every panel, the way that it told the story. Like, through everything, like, the you know, as he's breaking out of the elevator shaft, and, like, each part of it's, like, sort of building upon itself. I felt the movement the entire time, and I really loved that. Uh, it felt, made it feel really exciting to me. Uh, meantime, we build up the villains a little bit. Diggle's investigating. Uh, I
1: didn't get that as Diggle. Like, I knew it was supposed to be Diggle, but this does not look like the Diggle we saw in the last issue. Um, That, that was part of the problem I had with the art.
2: Ah, um, it's maybe just expected when I mean, you've got a change of artist. I guess.
1: I guess, but no. yeah, I, I
2: do know what you mean. The character should still be instantly recognizable as the same character. You shouldn't yeah. have to think yeah. about it. I don't have that problem with anyone else, though. Everyone else, no,
1: exactly. Yeah. Diggle was the only one that I had issue with. So, um, but no, I like the whole Ninth Circle stuff. and that the guy running it is Dante, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. that was a pretty cool touch. Yeah. And then Virgil, another one. um Another famous old school writer, you know, who wrote, right, wrote the Aeneid, right?
0: Well, it's Dante's brother, right? I think so. And that story, like Dante's brother is Virgil. Like that's the whole thing.
1: Yeah. So there was all that little stuff and, and Broderick and his creepy arrow-looking mask.
0: Yeah, he's got his mask and all his evil plot and all that. I like Black Canaries like investigating stuff. I actually I love that when like Oliver jumps out the window in the building and then he turns yeah. the page and Black Canary's like in, you know, questioning that guy at the docks yeah. and you can see the explosion out of the window, like yeah. in the skyline in the background. I really like that. It was a nice touch. It was a really yeah. nice transitional uh touch.
1: And and here's my thing too. How big is this inferno boat? We talked about it last time.
2: Oh it's huge. Here's, do you know what here's the worst the- thing is? Last yeah. week or last issue, I thought it was like a submersible thing. Yeah, where it was like it's oh, it goes not. down and up.
1: No, it's not, is it? No. It's like a fucking island.
0: Yeah, I
2: yeah. thought I, I mentioned how big it
0: was last time, didn't I?
1: I was like, yeah, but the way that they drew it, it looked like it was popping up out of nowhere, not like they came up on it. So here, when I see how big it is compared to a container ship, which I don't know if you guys have seen container ships up close. Yeah, but they're massive. So it, they do a good job at showing the scale. Yeah.
0: Obviously, this issue. See, I never so, got that last time. I just got that it was this big before. So it's that, like, yeah, but I yeah.
2: was—I really thought it was yeah. like a submersible thing before, where it, like it pops up out of the water, and that's why it doesn't get seen.
1: Yeah,
2: but it doesn't seem like that this time. It looks like it is yeah. just there.
1: Like I'm getting red skull vibes from Dante. I don't know if it's just because he's grotesque
0: looking. I'm well, actually, Joe. I'm getting, I'm getting Nemesis from Resident Evil Three vibes. And oh, If everyone's oh, played shit. Resident Evil Three and knows what Nemesis looks like, you it's Nemesis in a three-piece suit, which is really weird. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Really, really weird. But, uh, but
1: again, this is what this is what Ben Percy does. Is he takes storylines that, when you try to explain them, seem like insane. Like here, we're gonna have a dude with a melted face named Dante. And he runs this group called Inferno, and they live out on this like floating island in the middle of the ocean. And they're gonna frame Oliver Queen and stuff. And I'm like thinking about it I was, like that makes no sense. But as you're reading it, you're kind of like, okay, I like where this is going.
2: It, it just works when you read it, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, it's like it's like Oliver in the last run becoming a werewolf. Why? Because just he had knows. a story he wanted to tell about a <laughs> werewolf disease. You know. So, oh, yeah. But yeah. I I did enjoy it. Like Green Arrow has been very enjoyable. It I don't think it's in my top, you know, five that I'm getting from DC right now, but it is still very enjoyable.
0: There's more fun action sequences as well when it gets down to the sh- like when Green Arrow gets down on the street and uh, shadows chasing him. Like everything on the bus and like all the like the speed lines of everything moving past. Like you really get a sense of the the movement again, mm-hmm. and I really like all that stuff. Uh, but the issue ends because Black Canary's, like, tracked, or she's, like, hidden the boat that takes stuff out to Inferno, and... Emi, like, points it out, and she's like, oh, we can use me and her as bait. And, like, given the last issue, I thought she intentionally put a tracker on Oliver. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hmm, like, is she still, like, is she still secretly a good guy? Like, what's going on here?
1: Like...
0: I think so. I think so, too, but, uh... But that no, was a
2: good cliffhanger. Because th- if, yeah,
1: if they send Shadow out there, Shadow's going to kill Dinah.
2: Yeah. Right? I like how if she just Emmy. stood on it, though, like on the front yeah. of the ship. Yeah. Well, that a badass pose. She's like... But how long has she been in that pose?
1: <laughs> Since she left, just to be ready. Yeah, She, she she's knows how to make an entrance.
0: Just up there, like, you know, she's like Titanic. She just wants to be up there and, like, posing on the, on the edge of the ship.
1: Hey, she's the queen of the world, all right? Clearly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I really like that. That was, that was probably my favourite issue of Green Arrow yet. Maybe, maybe tying with the, the Rebirth issue. But no, really, really good. Alright, uh, sticking with Green, let's go over to Green Lanterns issue 3. Uh, written by Sam Humphries and art by, brace yourself, there's four names here, uh, Robson yeah. Roca, Neil Edwards, Jack Herbert and Tom Derenick. Uh, all helping with pencils. So I don't know if they were running late and maybe they had to get some help in to... Uh, finish things up, mm-hmm. but
2: I will say I don't think it suffers that much for it though.
0: Yeah, to its credit, I never like when I read it. I never went, "Oh, what's all this art changing constantly?" I didn't Didn't feel like that. So
1: yeah,
0: maybe maybe if I go through it again with a with that in mind and like really look for it, maybe I'll notice it. But it didn't seem to uh, work too badly. Uh, stars in this, so it gets an instant point for that.
2: <laughs> so it <laughs> uh, takes.
0: Yeah, Red Lantern and Cat. That's all, all everyone wants in life. Uh, yeah, Red Lantern stuff, I'm still not overly feeling. That said, again, kind of like the last issue, I kind of enjoyed it anyway, mainly because I liked all the stuff in the... Like, they're fighting in a city, so there's context. Part, part of the problem with a lot of Green Lart stuff in the last couple of years has been that all the fights just take place in space, so there's mm-hmm. never any location or sense of geography. Whereas here, they're mm-hmm. actually in the middle of a city and they're fighting around buildings and stuff, so at, at least... Uh, had fun that way. And they did introduce some interesting ideas. Uh, Like, I almost wanted Bleas to stay cured from the rage.
1: But now she's got a taste of it. Of what it's like to be cured. True, true. So I think we're going to get a cool character arc out of her. Which is the... Which I think might be the best thing they can do. So if we're going to have the, the color core stay around, at least let's do something interesting with them. Like, I can see coming out of this... Atrocitus falling and her like creating a new version of the Red Lantern Corps. Hmm. So,
2: kind of well, what they... happened in Soul's Run then with what Guy yeah. did?
1: God damn it, great! Yeah, but all the same shit, just a different thing. Because I had he, no he, idea. kind of
2: he kicked out Atrocitus and kind of reformed them a bit. Yeah, that's all news to me. Yeah,
1: because I like be the honest. idea of her, you know, talking about justice versus vengeance, hmm. and that you can be rightfully or righteous. But what, you could have a righteous rage, right? And like what happened to her and what caused her to to get the, the core or the Red Lantern core ring. And the fact that she could still kind of maintain things, but she said like the pounding was gone. So it like freed up her mind. I thought there were some really cool concepts worked in here. I think
0: for me, I think what's interesting about it is we never really knew who any of these Red Lanterns were before they became Red Lanterns. So I like. The idea that we get to discover who this character is or was, like that's that's much more interesting to me than as her is actually just being please Like you know, like oh wait she actually has a character. Oh well, let's explore that maybe. Uh, yeah. So I hope that's not the end of this. I hope we actually get more in, in that kind of line of thought at some point. Mm-hmm. But uh, otherwise Simon seems to have even more new powers. Well Jess is struggling to have the ones that most dreamers are.
1: What like. I like how he points that out. He's like, you can't even maintain a contract. Leave this to me. And Simon's slowly edging up to my favorite Lantern just because he's kind of a dick. We're in a different way than Constantine. Like, we talked about this earlier. Um, but like, And I like Guy Gardner. Because at the end of the day, you know it's just a front. And I feel the same with Baz. Is At the end of the day, he wants to deliver that teddy bear to his nephew. Or niece. Niece, nephew? Nephew, I think. Nephew, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... You know, uh, and this stuff's just getting in his way.
0: Yeah, I, I I like that. I like them screaming at each other. I mean, the characters of those two have most of been the best. Even if some of the dialogue is a bit... You know, here or there, it's a little bit forced. Like, I have to admit, it's not, not the best dialogue oh, yeah. in the world. But no,
1: it's... and I'll forgive that for the ideas that Humphreys is putting forward here. Like, the Emerald Sight and Blaze's transformation the Hell Seed idea, which you know is going to fail, because we had issue seven, they're still having Halloween. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll let Connor
0: be negative in a minute, because I can tell that he's itching to be. Uh, one thing I want to mention yep. before he does, though, I really like the scene where uh, Simon's family comes home, and that guardian is, like, sitting there, and I, I like how out of touch he is. He's like, right, uh-huh. I believe there's a green Lantern here. Uh, it may not be Hal though, maybe that new one, what's his name? Uh, John Stewart, oh. is it? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, you're just 30 years late to the party. <laughs>
1: yeah. Which means, what has he been doing since Hal's been a GL? Mm. Like, he's been out in deep space hiding something.
0: Also, I believe this is maybe the Guardian that goes trick-or-treating with Simon and his family in eight, and I'm looking forward to that.
1: And I hope so, because I love that Simon's brother-in-law slash best friend is like, you need to call him right now. There's something in our house. And then when he finds out the Guardian, he double-downs on it even more.
0: Yeah. My... Now, I still have some issues with the start, red Lart and stuff, and I'm definitely not liking this as much as most of the other books. But the one thing that I dislike the most about this issue is mm-hmm. the cliffhanger because it makes me not look forward to the next issue at all. Because the cliffhanger is that Jessica gets infected with this red rage like thing that's going on because of this whole tower and all that. And the best thing about this book are the characters, and I would say Jessica specifically, is the best thing about this book. I like her a lot. And the idea of the next issue of her not being in character because she's infected with rage shit. Uh, I feel like the idea of her being infected
2: by the rage that seemingly easily kind of weakens her a bit as a character as well. Mm, Yeah. Well, we know she's in a
0: really weird place because she can't make constructs because her willpower is shit and all that. Yeah. So it's something for her to overcome and that's fine, but like, the best part of this book is these two playing off of each other and... Take, yeah. Taking her out of that equation, for even if it's just one issue, which it probably will be, maybe one or two, uh, it does not excite me for that next issue.
2: But I did mostly enjoy this one. Seriously. this is the thing. While I do enjoy those two characters, and they are the best part of the book, they're the only part of the book at the minute that I like. Whereas to the point where I actually fell asleep reading this the first time... <laughs> Because it's just it was too much red, too much red. I just couldn't.
1: Connor, don't
2: read it. it that late, then. Man. It and wasn't that late. First. It was like eleven p.m. He's, ha- he's having
0: right. a rough week. He's moving house. He get back from celebration. He's all tired. <sighs> the poor ginger.
2: It's just, uh, it's, it was too much red, and I just fell asleep. And it's just like, ugh, I can't.
1: I mean, I, I get that. I, I again, I read Birds of Prey at four thirty in the morning, getting up to go to work. So. Yeah. I'm
2: literally just reading this, hanging on till all the red stuff's gone, and we can get on with the, the, the stuff I actually want to read.
1: Yeah, see, I wish this wasn't a double shipper, and they just alternated it with uh, Hal and the Green Lantern Corps. At the same time, though, it mean we'd be on this red arc for six if, if, months.
2: If I was on this red arc for that long... I wouldn't. Either. God I'd damn it.
1: it! I hate when you guys make sense.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> at least with a double shipping, we'll get through this arc. And that's like, yeah. uh, literally the only thing that's kept me reading this. It's like, well, yeah. this will be over soon, and I can get to, to yeah, some fun but, stuff. But yeah,
1: again, for me, the character stuff outweighs all of that other. It has done in
2: all the other issues, but at this point now, it's just it's getting to the point where that's not enough. Where it's the red stuff's just getting mm. overwhelming, and it's like, oh, I just I need something different.
0: Well, I think we've gotten all three issues of it, so that much. Three, three or four. I don't know if it's six or seven issues or so. But uh, we we can see how that goes when we get there. So that's Green Lantern's issue three, and then which will lead us on to the fifth, not fifth, the eighth and final book of uh, the week. I'm still thinking it's like three weeks ago when we only had five books. Um, that's fine. And that is Aquaman issue three with Dan Abnett writing and Phil. Briones, I I'm just guessing how to pronounce that. Uh on art. And uh this was not bad. Uh Ackerman, I think has continued to be a consistent, enjoyable book that's always kind of in the lower tier of my kind of like week, if that makes
1: sense. From for me this was my least favourite of of the three, plus the rebirth. So Interesting. I just some, something switched. Like, Merc getting hyper-aggressive and them just, like, closing the embassy despite them knowing what Aquaman's all about. Like, See, I, I don't can't... know. It seems like there's plot contrivances just to have them there. See, I know. I can
0: understand I can understand it. I, I feel like, for me, like, this is, like, Aquaman's trying to do all this stuff and no matter how hard he tries, it's kind of crumbling in and of itself. And right, I can't... but...
1: I kind of we, like that he's in that struggle. Yeah, but we've had that since Abnett's been writing it, you know? Yeah,
2: see, the thing I'm looking forward to is Black Manta finding out that his attack caused all this trouble. Because it's kind of like mm. he won anyway. Even yeah. if he didn't kill him, he caused him so much trouble that it just doesn't matter. And Matt, you say
0: that that's been happening since Abnett's been writing, but that was only one arc before this rebuff stuff started.
1: No, and I get that, but I just I feel like... What really put this over the top with me with not liking it was when they talked with the president's chief of staff. And he was just very aggressive. You know, where we've had one arc of Spindrift and it's like, oh, no, this is going to keep happening because you're Aquaman. Like, Throne of Atlantis. That happened. And I was like, well, you guys were okay with him building Spindrift. And it wasn't an issue with Throne of Atlantis. Now it is. Like, you had to know it was going to be a target. And then the government coming and taking it over, and I just feel again, there's a lot of contrivances just for them to be there, instead of having them happen organically. You know? Like, why not have Atlantis take over Spindrift and tell the government to F off? You know? Because it was an attack on them by an American, not the other way around.
0: Uh, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, all of it feels completely viable to me, like given how the world actually works. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's it shouldn't yeah. be like that, but I can. But I get it. Well, this is the sort of thing that would happen in real life if this all happened, and we'd all be going, "No, that's kind of bullshit." But we we expect but it of still- them.
1: I also kind of feel if this was real life, if we we're going to use that. Then it would have been a bigger deal for him to build an embassy on American soil. True, true. So that that's all. Like suddenly, it's an issue that he built an embassy, whereas where were all these? Where was the government when he was doing it? Or did he just do it and be like, deal with it, bitch. You know, I'm going to do what I want. And now it's falling out. But that's that's not Aquaman's attitude. He wants to build a bridge, as he keeps saying. You know?
0: Well, I mean, they did make it feel like it was delicate to begin with, though. And he pushed for this, like, station and it happened. And now that it's immediately caused trouble, like, within the first day of opening, like, I can get where they're coming from. Like, we have
1: to oh, I do too, but I just, I feel like they're just, again, like... Had it not had the government scene, had had the Waller-esque character just showed up, it was like, hey, we need to shut it down for a couple, get to the bottom of this. But then and it ending with Aquaman being arrested by the U.S. government, I thought was a little... like Again, it's the Man of Steel problem. We're going to treat this guy, who only has good intentions, like, for, for lack of a better term, an alien. And that's his only thing. Let's not mind the fact that he saved the world a million times with... With
0: the Justice League. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I feel like, realistically though, in this continuity right now, it's not actually been that long since, like, Throne of Atlantis and he's not been around in the public eye that long, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: So, like, I, I, get,
2: Look, I get what you're saying. It's also worth remembering that the the public laughs at Aquaman as well. They don't take him that seriously, until, before Throne of Atlantis at least. Right, so it was kind of a joke, or it was overlooked, and then you and have they, this event that's really devastating to them. So suddenly it's well, yeah, scary.
1: Yeah, well, they also set that up in the beginning of this argument. There's an issue on a rebirth, how no one takes him seriously still. Like, yeah. they have cartoons about him and all this other stuff. So, yeah, I just, I just felt uneven. And just, again, yeah. hate to use the word again, but contrivances that are just there to propel the story. Just me, and I'm not a professional... Writer, but I just there's other ways to do it cleanly that that don't end up with him being arrested in the White House.
0: I I, I get it. I, I didn't it didn't rub me the wrong way as it seems to have done you. Yeah. For me, it just kind of I went with the floor. Uh, I, I, just... I I'll agree that it was
2: probably the the weakest issue, yeah. but I definitely didn't dislike it to the extent that you did.
1: Oh no, yeah, I'm still gonna keep reading it. Like I'm still I'm still like you said, Connor. I want to know. How Black Man is going to react, and even that group that took him in, he wasn't down with them even. Yeah, like, I like I like the idea that Black Man is kind of like a lone wolf that's only out to destroy Aquaman's life. Like he has no other yeah purposes in life.
0: Uh, so spe- speaking of that group, there, uh, they are called Nemo and the woman specifically who's got the dead shot eye
2: is uh, called Blackjack. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not sure they, I'm really feeling this group to be honest.
1: I, I'm not. They they feel like. Like, uh, Hydra, a Jace. Yeah, they feel like they'll be around for an
0: arc to be villains or whatever and not be a big deal yeah. after that. That said, though, I'm not entirely against the name Nemo. <laughs> just for the...
1: I just, yeah, with with the uh, 20,000 leagues. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Right. Reference I... and whatnot. Yeah, that's cool. That's not my issue. I just... Like, the disposable guards and her... Like, she seems a They all a lot... just feel I... like
2: knockoffs, don't they? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, I
0: mean, like you say, it's Black Man's reaction and him reacting to them. Yeah. That's the more fun part of it, so... Mm-hmm. I think in that level, it's fine. Uh, I I do like that Aquaman just shows up to the White House at the front door, like I wish to speak to the president, like it works like that.
2: I like I like how he thinks they'll let him in with the trident and everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and even the the chief of staff's like, "Hey, we get a your royalty, but there are still protocols that we have to go through, dude." As
2: he's saying that, you know, when he's talking to the chief of staff. Mm-hmm. Where, where, where is his trident? Did he surrender it when he got in through the door? I guess Yeah. Now, if I, I have to agree with one complaint about
0: the whole handcuff thing at the end, I don't actually have a problem with him being chucked off in handcuffs. I like the idea that he's willing to go along with the system to prove that he's like playing ball. But the, the one part of it I don't like is that through all of Johnsy's run and through everything so far, I will agree that it's been one too many times where people from within Atlantis are setting up Aquaman
2: or doing something... To get him yep. in trouble with the surface i'm not sure it is this time
1: oh,
2: i i i think it could be someone else claiming it's atlantis because they're, they're saying they've received a message that, that it's that atlantis have claimed it but i think it could be someone else saying well, it's atlantis well fair enough but even even
0: if it is it's still my complaint still kind of lands that the, the overall thing of like yeah, the, the the relationship being strained because of something happening. Well, it actually has something someone from Atlantis or someone else underwater or whatever, you know. Right. Like that feels a bit too samey. So we'll just see where that goes next issue. But. Um... Well,
1: and then yeah, and you have the drift showing back up at the end, causing problems. Yeah. So, but yeah, but it was. Oh yeah, it's fine. It's not worth. I mean, I'm not gonna stop reading Aquaman because of this issue.
2: Yeah, it was still decent, but it was definitely yeah. weaker.
0: Yeah, Like, no, nah, it's kind of like it's in that sort of weird. Like, it's fine, kind of near the bottom of your pile, but yeah. Th- if this is the lower end of your your list, then it's like you're, you've got a pretty decent list. Yes. Yeah. So, nah, no, nah, it was fine. Like, I, I agree with it. It's probably not the. It's definitely not the strongest. I liked issue one's probably still the strongest for me. I think. Yeah.
1: But the whole Black Manta impersonating a Daily Planet reporter. Yeah,
0: Yeah, Yeah, I really like that issue. So, we'll we'll see where it goes. But uh, Avnet's a pretty decent writer, so we'll see where he takes it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's all eight books. So, I guess that leaves two rankings, which we're going to stop doing all the books because we're getting to a point now where there's too many of them. So, uh, top fives. Your top five books, if you want to mention what your bottom book is as well, if you want to give a last place to something, by all means, you can do that too. But uh, we'll do top fives. I think I will uh, go first, because things are shaking up. My pattern of swapping between Superman and Detective (laughs) Comics has finally changed.
1: Oh no, he put Hellblazer number one. Pete, what have you done?
0: (laughs) Uh, Don't worry, there was no danger of that, Matt. Uh, Number one for me, uh, for the first time, is going to be Green Arrow. I really like that
1: Whoa, issue. was not expecting that. Oh man. I really like that issue. Huh?
0: Favourite so far. And uh that combined with Superman having a slightly not as amazing issue this week. Yeah. Um put put Green Arrow in number one. Uh and then number two, I'm gonna say Batman, issue three. Again, best issue of Batman so far, I think. Uh really like what they did with the characters there. Number three, I'm gonna go with Batgirl on the Birds of Prey. Because art issues aside, I did really like having Babs back like that and her relationship with uh, Dinah, the banter, It's got me really excited for the book outside of the uh, the art complaints. So, mm. don't get me wrong, I think I'm looking forward to Batgirl's solo book a lot more, but um, I did enjoy that. Uh, and then I would probably put Superman Issue 3 at number 4 and wrap it up at number 5 with Justice League, which was an enjoyably epic and good fun good art so now and uh last place is a uh, uh, hellblazer without even thinking about it i just didn't care so uh matt why don't you and i i'm almost expecting you to break your pattern of always picking superman here as well let's see if i'm disappointed
2: or not
1: yeah, you are because i'm not because i still the crypto in, in <laughs> red-eyed superman come on that's man. it it's,
2: it's never happened. happening if it didn't happen with this issue it's never gonna yeah
1: you don't know that though I mean something with that man could, here's could the question here's the, here, the real question is, is Monsterman Man it hasn't happened yet like
0: come on <laughs> but here's the question what's going to cause it is it going to be something else just being that amazing that week or is it because Superman has a kind of a weak issue that week you know what, 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 what's it going to take we we'll both at the same time yeah the stars are going both to have to align yeah. Yeah. I'm
1: sorry I'm high on Monster Man just already so alright well could, I look forward to it could be to- Monster Man But yeah, so Superman is the reasons I said. I mean, the art, even though it wasn't Gleason on art, um, is another guy, Jorge Menez. The art was still, I thought, really well done. Like, the layouts were great. And then Batman, because it matches Malone. Like, come on, it was great seeing him. And the Gotham and Gotham Girl stuff was real nice. Uh, And then I'll go. This one's tough. If I want to go. I also will put Green Arrow there, because it's been consistent. Uh, and then I'll go Justice League, for the reasons that we all talked about. It was like this big, fun blockbuster. And then Green Lanterns, because even though it's not the best book, mm. I am enjoying it for what Humphreys is doing with character work. Like, again, the dialogue's kind of wonky and the Red Lantern stuff there. But I feel like there's more potential to this book. That once we get out of this and he gets established, it's going to soar.
0: Do you know what I like about just in top fives now is now now we can say something like, like I'm surprised that Green Lantern's charted for Matt. Yeah, me yeah. too. We can we can do that now. We can like,
2: oh, this never charts for me, but this week, you know, Aquaman. Like, what? you know, like give it give it another month as well, and there'll be a lot. But right here we're only skipping what a couple of books.
0: Yeah, yeah. But in a month's time, and we've got like ten, twelve books a week, then you know, now top five is like, the cream of the crop as opposed to most of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, and then if I had to put one at the bottom, and Peter he said Hellblazer, but that's too easy. Uh, I'm going to say Aquaman, because I was really disappointed in it. So, Hellblazer, neck and neck. But again, I'm not going to go forward with Hellblazer, like I am with Aquaman, so. Hey, it's about
0: I mean time you had some different opinions, so. Yeah. Uh, speaking of different opinions.
1: Yeah. Connor. This guy.
2: <laughs> this guy. <laughs> so, first, I'm going to go with Batman. Sorry, Matt. I know I know you don't want Batman at the Good top, point, but man. it was a great I get it.
1: Batman's a great read.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'll go with that. Second, uh, Green Arrow. Third, what have we got? I think I'm going to put Hellblazer in third. <laughs> then I'm going to put Superman <laughs> in fourth and Justice League fifth and then Green Lanterns is last, because that one made more. me fall asleep.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think it's more egregious that you put Hellblazer above Superman than me putting Superman number one. That's just me.
2: So <laughs> I mean, maybe, I think Superman had, like, it was a weaker issue. I really liked Hellblazer more than I was expecting to. And interestingly, from everything
0: we just said, all of us had different number ones, all of us had different last places. I was the only person who charted Batgirl on the Birds of Prey, Matt was the only person who charted Green Lanterns, and oh. You were the only person that charted uh, Hellblazer to Connor, so
2: mixing so up. Yeah, there's a, a pretty good variety going on there. Mixing
0: it up, different opinions.
1: Six Flags used to have a thing: more flags, more fun. Here, it's it's more books, more. What what's a, a not more fun, but uh, we'll come up with a better slogan. Slow <laughs> <up>. <laughs> slogan. We'll we'll can that
2: for next week. Uh, yeah. yeah,
1: Jesus Christ, that was that was more like. Flagged. I was, titles.
0: Like, I was like watching someone like go to a shooting competition and somehow like just like instead of hitting the target the, the shotgun's just in their own mouth, like oh, what was that? <laughs> it's
1: like a Robin Hood, but if I just fired into the crowd instead of trying to split the other arrow. Oh Jesus. So, well, what's coming next week though Pete that is a excellent
0: question another big week for uh, Rebirth so coming next week we get two new books once again we have Batgirl issue 1 which I am super excited about fun stuff uh, which this is actually it's worth mentioning that Batgirl and the Birds of Prey is set after uh, the first Batgirl arc because it mentions at the start it does that she's just back from her travels so interesting Uh, so Batgirl issue 1 next week as well as Red Hood and the Outlaws Rebirth issue 1 do you know what I was tempted to say you know what I'm going to read Hellblazer issue 1 just so that Red Hood would be the first one I officially drop but there you go Uh, it it just came first let's see
2: if I can get through that in one sitting or if that one might fall asleep too
0: yeah by by the infamous he who shall not be named
1: yep
2: you know you have to do that when you're reading out the creatives on it next week as well. You're not allowed to say his name. Oh no, I need to say, I need to say it at least when I'm
1: once... Oh, I'm going to say it when I yell it because I know I'm going to yell it if something <laughs> happens. You know? So that's I had new... to stay away from his table at a Comic-Con this year because I couldn't trust myself.
0: Ah, uh, well, there you go. Uh, so, yeah, new books are Batgirl issue 1 and Red Hood and the Outlaws rebirth issue 1. Batgirl's not a rebirth book issue, it's just straight to issue 1, fair play. Batgirl and the Birds of Prey rebirth just kind of worked for both I guess. So... Uh, so that's the two new books and also of course next week we have Action Comics 960 Detective Comics 937 The Flash issue 3 Hal Jordan and The Green Lantern Corps issue 1 Nightwing issue
2: 1 Titans issue 1 Titans is back it feels like ages since we had Did Titans really? rebirth
1: oh, it's been like a month right yeah
2: that's month. that's the weird thing with this double ship in there because these single ship ones just feel like you never see them
0: yeah and then the last book next week is Wonder Woman issue 3 so yeah nine books next week good fun No. And we'll be covering them all next week. I'm pretty sure that after next week, Red Hood will be dropped from everyone's uh, lists. But uh, that's next week. I just
1: have the feeling like this is where we'll start trimming stuff. It's coming up now. You know, where we're not all going to read all the books week in and week out unless it's a rebirth. So. Well, I mean, I think, to be
0: honest, most of them so far, we will read all of them uh, except a few. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying.
1: I think. I think that's going to start now because we're starting to get out of the just the main titles and we're getting on to smaller oh, yeah. side stuff yeah. so yeah
0: yeah because I mean me and you aren't reading Hellblazer Connor will read that uh, You know, and I'm sure there's a couple of other ones coming up that will clearly just appeal to one or two of us rather than all three of us but yeah that that's uh, what's coming up next week and that just leaves us to plug things and stuff let us know what you thought of books in the comments below on YouTube or uh, tweet at us at mailed underscore fuzz. you can tweet at all of us individually, I'm at wibble 89 Connor's at conorryan94, Matt's at mattofsteel57, email us mailedfuzz at gmail.com. Let's take it this moment to plug our friend Tim Vergulius who does the horror podcast with us, he's got a kickstarter right now for his horror comic veterinary clinics, it's got animals in it, and horror stuff, so check it out, it's on kickstarter, uh, it's doing really well, it's like at 1700 out of $2,500 raised so far, so give it a look, every dollar helps, uh, oh. Yeah, so that, that's me doing my bit for Tim. Uh, otherwise, check out other stuff we've got, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're on the Melfuzz TV channel, which has all of the weekly almost cancelled TV reviews, we do a bunch of shows, Mr. Robot and the Night of are the big standouts right now, uh, Big Stranger Things season spoiler review coming soon as well, that'll be in the next couple of days and uh, check out the Milfuzz Movies YouTube channel with the horror movie podcast "Screams after midnight and all the regular movie reviews on 1.21 gigawatts with me and Matt. Uh, of course, a lot of that stuff can be get on your iTunes and your podcatchers and all that stuff as audio downloads if you want it that way too. I just did all the plugs in record it time. felt like it was in one breath as well. Yeah, I fucking flew through that. <laughs> flew through that like... Man of Steel, Superman threw a guy holding Lois with a gun to her head.
1: Right through the wall! Through <laughs> two, two walls! Two right walls! Through, uh, you just vaporize those plugs. <laughs> <laughs> the that, that, fan is on the hard way. Yeah, that
0: man is just mush now. Alright, that, uh, that has been this week's episode. Thank you very much for watching and or listening uh help us out give us a nice rating on itunes or even just tweet us out like if you've got other friends who write a dc comics recommend us to them we always appreciate it i mean I appreciate you just watching or listening it really do liking and, and subscribing and all that jazz all of it helps us in every little way so thank you very much we will see you next time on comics from the multiverse and remember guys never get lost in the speed force
1: and Logland, live the legion